Amen. I want to do something kind of before we get started. I want to pass these out, and I want to ask everybody to take just a minute. And uh, Todd, uh, thanks, brother. Well, Todd's gone this week, and uh, I just thought it'd be a great time for us to just take a minute and write a word, a sentence, paragraph, a book, whatever you can on a page. Just briefly, just saying, just encouraging Todd, and um, that we could kind of collect these up at the end. But just to have something to just encourage him and um, and honor him. If you need more, the there's paper in there and the cutters right there. So just take a minute right now while we're getting started. If you don't have a pen, somebody next to you will. And just a quick word, just something to encourage him, some way that he's touched you and encouraged you. He asked that we be lifting him up. He's preaching today. He wasn't expecting it, I think, but they had lined up for him to uh, to speak today. But one of the awesome things that um, that I know to be true about Todd is for him it's overflow. And so he's ready in season and out of season that there's just a given opportunity. He's he because of his posture with the Lord and relationship, he's just able to uh, to step up to the plate and to hear what the Lord has for that particular situation. Yes, Julie, pictures are okay. You can draw. I know, I should have said Joyce, but I didn't want to be too, like... I almost called her Tater. We had a lot of fun a few weeks ago. The Lord had given Roland a vision to, uh, to raise some food for the hungry in in Alamance County, so we had the opportunity to harvest 6,500 pounds of potatoes or something like that. 52, 52. These are a bunch of taters. So what we'll do is uh, Josh will probably come by in just a little bit, and if you want to... Um, Hand them to him, and then if you need more time, just hold on to it. And and uh, while I'm speaking today, just again a word, a sentence. It doesn't have to be profound. It's just a, just an encouragement. Todd, Todd takes encouragement too. We all we all appreciate encouragement. Let's just take a minute and pray for those in the DR. Lord, I just thank you for the work that you've done at the river and in those that are here. Thank you for the opportunity for the light that you've placed in each one 
that could go and travel to another part of the world to take your light and bring light into darkness. Lord, I pray for opportunities that your Holy Spirit will um, bring clarity to opportunities to speak words that will bring light into darkness in the people that they see there, that, that you'll be lifted high and glorified. Lord, that not only will there be an encouragement to those in that uh, they minister to, but that those that have gone would be encouraged in you as they see you work through them and in them, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Todd and for the opportunity he has to share today. And I just thank you for wisdom for him, for strength, Lord, and just for uh, understanding that as he leads the team and they're there that... Um, that you'll be glorified, Lord, and lifted high. That your agenda will be done, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Excuse me. The other thing I wanted to do was, um, I feel a little bad about this. Um, there was such an, an awesome response to the need in Talkwalk in Africa. So I'm putting my Kingdom Living hat, Kingdom Living Now hat on, but... There was such an awesome response from the river, and it was a little over $6,500 that was raised to, to meet that need in a three-week period. The challenge is it came right at the, the, the end of that. Then there was vacation Bible school and then a DR trip, and we haven't had a time to really um, to show. And I've got some video and pictures and things that we're going to show as the folks in Talkwalk express their gratitude, and you're able to see some tin on houses and roofs and food and fertilizer. This was the beginning of their planting season, and they depend on what they grow to eat. Um, so it was real exciting. But I want to—I have to share one one story about that. Um, the Chuang and uh, I don't remember if I—I sh- I did show a picture of the ward, uh, and he leaves the D off and calls it a warhead, but it's actually the the ward. Head, which basically is like a mayor, I guess, over the village. And I don't know if you remember seeing a picture of him with Chuang. I think Chuang was giving him some money um, to purchase. They were purchasing supplies for the village. But anyway, um, Chuang sent us a note after a couple weeks, and he said that the gentleman who's the, the, the mayor, if you will, that when his house was burned, he lost his books and all of his stuff. He was in his last year of school, um, in theology in, in, and uh, had lost everything. And so Chong said, thanks, brother. Again, if you still have those at the end, just put them in the offering plate. Um, but uh, Chong said, you know, he needs about $250, or I think it was $220, to, to, to replace what he lost to continue his studies. But that's a personal need, and he didn't want to take out of the offering that we had taken for the village as a whole for that. And so, I, but I was real impressed, man, what a neat way to honor, because he's going through a lot too, as you can imagine, in being respond, you know, having, having a level of responsibility in that village to try to help bring all this together. So I thought, what a neat way to honor him, but I didn't, I didn't want to ask or say anything. And uh, so the fourth Sunday, if you remember, we took up an offering three Sundays. The fourth Sunday, somebody gave Todd a check for $250. And so I said, Todd, guess what? And I told him the story, and I said, do you think it's okay that this 250 go to, to provide 
what he needs to continue his studies and just to honor him. And he said, absolutely, I think that's the Lord's provision. So that was a kind of a neat story of, of some of the provision that came and, and, how it, and how it met needs there. So we'll have an opportunity and hopefully um, soon where we actually are able to see Chuang and have him speak to us as well. I encourage you to keep him in your prayers. There's lots that has happened there since Talk Walk. There's been a lot more bombings and there's uh, more... There's there's kind of a uh, a movement of of um, violence from the. In fact, what they feel like is going on is that they're the the Islamic terrorists are trying to bring a response back from the Christians because there are those there are those who are believers, there are those who are called Christians because they're not Muslim, and then there's the Muslims. And so as they can try to instigate a you know some retro, some some revenge coming back from those who are not necessarily believers but are in that camp, then it can bring civil war. So continue to pray there uh, for them and for and for Chuang. He's in a place of real influence, and um, so we appreciate that. So Lord, we actually just stop right now. We thank you for Chuang. We thank you that your spirit um, is is over the whole earth, and Lord, that you can be an encouragement to him right now. Lord, we ask for wisdom as he speaks um, and brings your word, and as he brings encouragement um, to those that he's around, Lord. We pray for strength, for physical strength, and for his family and for protection, Lord. We thank you that you have him in that place and that you've brought him into our lives that we can continue to pray and encourage him. Uh, in that. In Jesus' name, amen. That also brings to mind that if you haven't signed up um, to be a part of the prayer list for those that are in the DR, do, but more importantly, just pray. Um, Actually, my name's not on that list, and uh, I I probably need to to place it there, but my intention is to to continue through the week to lift them up uh, as as they're going about their days. I wanted to share a little bit today just kind of some of what's going on um, in my heart that's encouraging me in the Lord. And um, one of the things I've seen in the, for the last year and some, there's been, we, we've heard a lot from Todd about grace, and really it's been the message of grace. And part of what's come also in that time are people that are, that hear that word, but then also find that there's challenges in in a walk, and and so the challenge is we look and see well, not I'm not there's not necessarily everything being walked out as you would think it being righteous, and so there's a tendency to and there was as there was in the New Testament there's a tendency to feel a need to move back towards law to give so that the appearance and the things that 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 it that it seemingly can help make things line up so there's a walk that's within what we would consider to be an appropriate way of walking uh but at the same time acknowledging it's by grace that we're saved um and so I've been looking at that some and um Paul is real strong, and and logically we can also look at it and go, okay, let me think about this. 
For me to be saved, it was by the blood of Jesus. And saved means, what, what the, that point is, is that all of a sudden now I have righteousness so I can stand before God. That's, we're, we're saved from the lack of that and, his, and, and the need for judgment there. And so it's funny to me when it kind of dawned on me that, um, you know, I totally get that that's not of myself. And Scripture says that's so that no man can boast. And somehow, as people, we have taken that and said, okay, that's the, that's the initiating thing that happens in my life. And now I'm going to walk it out. And, and, and we go back towards law um, thinking that that's somehow we're going to fulfill things. And <clears throat> to me, it, it kind of dawned on me one day, well, you didn't initiate anything. How in the heck do you think you're going to carry it on? You know, And yet, there's this, this tension that happens um, that we see. And so, um, there's kind of four pieces that I've seen... Um, there, there's election, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Election being, um, and, and, and each of those can carry on long conversations, um, some which end up with people kind of saying, well, I kind of feel this way about it. So without getting into the depth of it, election is just the, the fact that we've been chosen. And God, God says... Uh, in Ephesians 1, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. So one thing that we can all agree on is the own, no man comes to Jesus except that the Father's drawn him. And so for us, one of the things that I've, that's been kind of freeing for me in these past months, past months that's been growing, is an understanding that for me, my walk is just one of agreement. I didn't initiate anything. God is prevenient. He's the one. He's the initiator. He's the one that says, "John, I love you. I love you so much." These songs today were all about it. I love you so much that even though you weren't faithful, and even though um, you turned from me, I sent my son that He would die and become uh, your righteousness, that you, through accepting My Son, could become righteous. And so what I have, my opportunity in that is to agree and say, oh, I agree with that, Lord. And by agreeing with that, then I can appropriate 
and ha- be apart and and really become one with Christ and there and and in that participate in his righteousness. The next piece um is justification and that's really where where I think the message of grace has come in. Um and it's basically saying that you're justified not on anything that you've done or can do, but you're justified um, by grace through the shed blood of Jesus. So that's our justification. <clears throat> the next two, sanctification and glorification, I think is that's where, um, for me, there's been some encouragement recently. Um, to get to, to, so I've kind of gone election, justification, and in fact, let's read this scripture uh, in Ephesians 2, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So it's really established in the first three verses there. All mankind... Um, is under the spirit, the power, the prince of the power of the air, and are by nature children of wrath. But God, verse 4, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So for me, um, and I think for most of us, as we've heard this word over the last year or two, that we get that. I mean, we understand it's not anything I can do to earn it. Um, It's a gift. The grace of God is amazing. And it continues on. So the next thing that that happened for me, uh, it almost is two steps backwards. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play something for you that uh, some of you will recognize. But listen to the words. I'm not really sure about um, this guy's position theologically in lots of ways, but he hit this nail right on the head. 
and I might need some help from Bobby. We had it hooked. There you go. So I want you to really pay attention to these verses. It's amazing. Anybody there yet? kind of hard to understand the words there, so I'm going to speak them out. Really, the whole point of this song is that chorus, and it's repeated over and over and over. And it says, you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. That's an amazingly profound statement. And the reason is because as people, what was the issue in the garden? It was seeking independence. And people from the beginning, and America's all about that too. We're big all about independence, you know. And so what I found, and I've, and I've seen even in myself, We don't want to hear a message that says we have to serve somebody. There, that there, and there's not an option in the middle. And we feel like, for most people, I really feel like, we feel like there's us. Okay, I was a slave to sin. I get that. But it's like I'm this third party. And I was, and I was doing bad stuff and I had sin and I needed to be saved. Now I'm a believer. But we have this third, it's like we're in the middle doing this. When actually, we're a, we're, our, our position beginning and end is as a slave. And we, but the beautiful thing that the Lord's done has given us an opportunity to choose not to be a slave to sin, but to be a slave of righteousness. But there's not a middle ground that says, now I'm this person that... that I've gotten saved and and I and it's all good and so I'm going to live my life and I'm going to and I'm going to try to please the Lord in that too. Do you see the difference? It's it, it's kind of a fine line 
But for me, I've been I've been been seeing that there's a huge difference as I acknowledge the fact that I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. With His own blood, He purchased me. There yet remains a mystery. I'm not my own, and yet I'm free. And the only place that we're going to find freedom, I believe, and the walking out of what's initiated by grace and stays in grace is not a return to law. Paul's real clear and says, hey, if you go back to that, you forfeited the whole other. It doesn't work that way. But once you've turned to grace and you continue that walk, there's, there's a presenting to. We've talked about repentance some. Before I get ahead, I'm, I, I just want to read this because this, this is kind of the real theme of what I'd like to encourage us with today. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You might be a rock and roll addict prancing on the stage. You might have drugs at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high-degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you chief, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You may be a state trooper. You might be a young Turk. You may be the head of some big TV network. You may be rich or poor. You may be blind or lame. You may be living in another country under another name. But you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You may be a construction worker on a home. You may be living in a mansion or you might live in a dome. You might own guns and you might even own tanks. You might be somebody's landlord. You might even own banks. But you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You may be a preacher with spiritual pride. You may be a city councilman taking bribes on the side. You may be working in a barber shop and you may know how to cut hair. Where'd Josh go? You may be somebody's mistress. You may be somebody's heir. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You might like to wear cotton, might like to wear silk, might like to drink whiskey, might like to drink milk. You might like to eat caviar. You might like to eat bread. You may be sleeping on the floor or sleeping in a king-sized bed, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. This is why I said it took a couple steps back for me because... What I think happens is that, again, a found, the foundational piece of being able to move forward over here is getting the fact that, as a human being, I'm not independent. 
that my opportunity once born on this planet is I'm going to serve somebody. And so those that are not serving the King of Kings are serving the Prince of the Power of the Air. And that's our opportunity is to make that choice. So once, you know, once we realize that and then move through being drawn by the Father to the Son and agreeing and responding to that, and then understanding that it's by grace that I'm saved, that it's not of anything that I've done lest I can boast. So it's certainly not that my continuing in that is based on my works. And that's a real tricky thing that happens is all of a sudden it's like, so get saved and then buck up and, and, and live it right. And we used to minister in a prison and they had a song they would sing. And their, their hearts, you know, their intention was good, but it, and they did emotions. It was, got to clean up what I messed up to start my life. And it was this thing of, I got it now, I got saved, but now I've got I've to make it happen. I'm going to clean it up, I'm going to do right. And where does that lead us? So, even for myself, you know, there's things where I'm just going, Lord, I, you know, what, what is the struggle here? I know that, um, I know of your grace, and I've experienced that. And, and so, so what's, the, what's the challenge in moving through sanctification? And what I really feel like he's in, encouraged me in is, uh, we've touched on it recently in the word repentance. Um, I, I, I looked it up, and there's sort of some several different um, things that came out of looking up the word repentance. But I did find that because uh, somebody had told me something, and I wanted to confirm it. And I did find in there that that was a term used in way back in the day when um, a king would have an army, but um, there was a shift and there was a new king, that the head of the army would repent. And what that meant was he was turning his allegiance from the old king and giving allegiance to the new king. And that was that, that's a definition of repentance. I feel like for many of us, because of our upbringings, that, um, that repentance meant to turn away from the bad stuff. You know, I'm going to quit drinking and smoking and going out with girls that do, you know. It was this very much a, um, it was very much changing actions and dropping those things. Uh, and, and it was similar to that song of, I'm going to clean up what I messed up. It's like, uh, okay, through grace I'm saved and now I'm going to change my ways and do better. The story that I see, the thread through the Bible from the beginning and all the way through it was a God who had created people, Adam and Eve, and just wanted to have a relationship with them. Wanted to express Himself through them on the earth. And from the beginning, there was the rejection in the garden by saying, well, no, I want to be independent and so the, the, there was eating of the fruit, and that didn't work out to bring independence. It actually put us into this position of, well, you've got to serve somebody. 
maybe the Lord, but now you've chosen. And so as we're born into this world, we're born into a position of serving, of being a slave to sin. And that's a hard thing for people to, to believe. We want to believe that, well, I wasn't that bad. I did a few bad things. It's not about the things you did. It's a nature that you're born with, and you're born as a slave to sin. So for me, a, a real um, kind of a building block is, I think, what I want to say. One of the building blocks for this was recognizing that there's not a slave to sin, that I'm not independent, that I'm, a, that I'm either going to be a slave to sin or a slave to God, that I have that choice. Again, the beautiful thing is the grace of God that allows us to even turn to Him. Well, what I've... What's become being highlighted to me in the Scripture is not the repent turning away, but the repent turning to. And I think that for uh, a, a lot of us, that as we see areas that we are struggling and the day-to-day life stuff that happens to us, um, we, try, we try to deal with those things For the Lord. In in other words, we try as one that's been saved by grace and now, okay, I'm going to work this thing out. So when this happens, I'm not going to curse this time. You know, when that person cuts me off, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. And we try to go about it that. And what I feel like the Lord has been saying over the, in my heart, is this continual, this like whisper and then, then just this call saying, John, I want to have relationship with you. It's not, I didn't save you. It wasn't by grace that I saved you so you would act right. It was that you could then have communion with me and be a part of who I am and a part of my kingdom purposes here on the earth. And so what I started seeing more and more was uh, Scripture that says... um, Let's go to let's go to Second Corinthians five eleven and just read through a little portion of this. And my encouragement to you is these scriptures that I mean, as you just read them, that the Lord will highlight, kind of highlight these pieces to you because I know it's familiar with pretty much I think everybody in here. Um, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope is also known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. In verse 15, And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That's a part of the message of the gospel. 
not just that he died that we would be just saved from hell. So as an independent person now, I'm not going to burn in hell. I get to get my wings and my harp and go to heaven. But, he, but, there, but it says here that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but live for Him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation The old has passed away and the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what started coming alive to me was, again, this thing of, I'm not John, independent in the middle, and great for me that I chose... God, and so now I won't go to hell. But it's a much bigger picture than that. And that God has a kingdom and has kingdom purpose. And the way that things are structured are not that I'm independent, but I'm actually a slave. But the beautiful thing again is He gave me the opportunity to choose to be reconciled to God by grace what I find in my day-to-day walking, though, is how, do, how does that walk out? And how do I, how do I walk in a way um, that is pleasing? One of the things my dad has been, uh, had, had shared earlier um, is a great parallel with the children of Israel. And when they came out of Egypt, they were delivered from Egypt. Remember, they put the blood on the posts. So they came through the blood, they ate the lamb, they had to eat the whole lamb. They came through the water, and then they had the cloud that that covered them by day and the fire by night. Could Could Pharaoh touch them after they'd gone through the Red Sea? Could Pharaoh have impact on them? And the answer is yes, but not through his army. He had to rebuild that. Have you ever thought about that? They had to make a lot of chariots and find some horses and raise a new military because a, a bunch of them were, were, were gone. But Pharaoh very much had power over them, so much so that you would hear the children of Israel saying, oh man, but for the leeks and garlics of, of, of Egypt. It was in their mind. And they chose to look to those things that that they had that they had come from. And God had said, "But I have a promised land for you." And so it was a journey into a promised land. But then interestingly enough, when the when the spies came back and the two gave the good report and the and the balance didn't, they said that they had all they took all night to consider each family. 
And at the end of that, they decided to not to not follow what the Lord had promised them and to not go in faith and believe that even though they'd already been even though he had delivered them from Egypt they didn't fight they didn't have some huge fight to get their way out the Lord the Lord made that miraculously happen um I think for many of us we end up in that place where we've been saved but we end up in this place of feeling like independently I can make a decision And so, so we end up frust- really frustrated, and we end up seeing how. Why does it not look like? Why are the things, from an appearance standpoint, not lining up with a person that has been redeemed and is a new creation? And so, the next place that I that the Lord has been really challenging me in and encouraging me is, He says. And again, these are familiar uh, scriptures, but in Colossians, um, if we look at Colossians 2, 18, well, 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to festival or a new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, referring to things that perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but there are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And so here, here... becomes the point. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And then the next verse is, Talk about put to death, therefore, what, if, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, even de- evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath, you notice that little southern, on account of, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And here's the next piece. This is the repenting from and the repenting to. Because then he encourages us, but put on then, 
as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also, so you also must forgive. Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Um, Romans talks a lot, and, and I could read through, and, and I would encourage you to, 6, 7, and 8. But there's so much in there that it doesn't talk about just turning away from, but it talks about putting on. Um, Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So part of what's been encouraging to me is... Um, The, the way that I've been seeing this working itself out, practically speaking, um, is that from here we all end up going out into our, our day and, uh, and our week. And, it, it's, and it's awesome, um, you know, when we're in worship here, we have time of worship, and it's like this whole different world. And then when we're in the middle of our or whatever our week looks like, a plant, you know. That's what I loved about the words. When you go through the words of that song, it basically touches everybody. Everybody is serving somebody. And so um, the beauty, a beautiful thing for us is it says that when we come to the Lord, that now He lives in us and we're one with Him. I mean, the work is all done. The challenge is for us to set our minds and to set our intentions on the Lord and carry that. And as we do that, we're carrying light everywhere we go. So a couple examples of, of how I see this helping and working out. The, the, main, the main reason I see it working out is, and I mentioned earlier, is that God's desire and what He's after is relationship with us. Man, for ages and ages and ages, looks for a different way for some reason. And I believe we can even do that same thing, where we can come to Him for salvation and an initial relationship, somehow walk like we're independent, and then try to do the things that we think will please Him without having the relationship. And what I'm seeing is that as I pursue the relationship, the other stuff begins to change in working out. Again, as I pursue relationship with the Lord, that's, the, that's His desire. That as I pursue that, then the other things begin to shift and break and change. Because why? Now I'm setting my mind on the Spirit. 
and not on the flesh. I'm still doing things in the world. Right now, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary that's working construction in uh, 100 degree weather. And so, this Friday, after a week of it, in the afternoon, the, boss, the, the guy that I'm working with, my boss and I, we were working on a, on a job. We'd done a lot of demolition, and we were carrying. We'd taken a deck down. We were toting, and we were dragging. I was hearing myself breathing. I, I don't remember ever in my life. I don't have, like, asthma or breathing problems, you know. But it was so hot, and I was at a point where I, I, I was like, what is that? Oh, that's me breathing. You know, it was like, <gasps> like oxygen over here. And... uh and I had to bend down to pick something up. Now, this was I was on my second shirt, I think, at that time. The first one was water was running off. I had changed it and put another one. And I bent over, and what came out of me was for your kingdom. And it just kind of like came out. And I was like, and man, inside I just got excited. And I grabbed it, and I walked across where I had to take it, and I just said, for your kingdom, Lord, and I put it down. And something just clicked in me that I'm His servant. And everything I do is for your kingdom, Lord. And so, man, that just, I got excited. I was still hearing myself breathe, and I didn't quit sweating, and there wasn't some, like, big air conditioning vent that opened up on me out in the yard. But it, it was just exciting to me to be able to say, man, this is as much for your kingdom as me speaking on Sunday or ministering in music or whatever, that everything I do, I'm your servant. Now what's cool, and I'm, I know I'm hitting a lot of pieces. It's hard in one Sunday to bring a whole thought together, especially for me, but he calls us sons which is a whole nother um, thing. But from my perspective as one that's saying, man, I serve you, Lord, in, 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 in whatever it is. So if it's to do demolition in 100 plus degree weather, then I'm doing that for your kingdom. We, were, uh, we went to another house, and, uh, and when he goes there, he puts his sign in the front yard you know, for advertising. And... Um, it just struck me, man, what a great trigger that every time you put a sign down, you take five minutes and just thank the Lord for that job. Thank the Lord and ask Him that it would be profitable, that people would also see this sign and that they would call. And so what started happening is just those, those little things through the day. So another thing, we were driving along and we came to a stoplight. He's like, man, I hate stoplights. This one is like, this one happened to be in Burlington, and it is, as my son-in-law would say, redonkulous. It, it's past ridiculous. It's like forever, and there's no traffic anywhere, and you're just like, really? And I know there's that little temptation. You kind of look around, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, who cares, you know? But anyway, and I said, man, I tell you what, every time you come to a stoplight, let that be a trigger to be able to turn. You have nothing else to do. Turn your attention to the Lord and just say, man, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment to be able to just worship you. You're awesome, Lord. And it just continues to build that relationship. Now, I'll be honest and tell them, I did tell them. And the other thing is, every 
stoplight, KLN will come to mind. So you can pray for KLN at stoplights. But whatever those, those sorts of, of things as they come up, as we begin, as we set our minds on the Spirit, He's at work in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's the Word. And so as we yield ourselves to that, we'll find... That's why I said when I bent over, I just... This came out. I didn't, like, think about it. I didn't read it somewhere. It just came out. And so part of what encouraged me in that is, man, He really is at work in me to will and to do of His good pleasure. And, and as I submit myself to Him, and as I say, Lord, in whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm Yours. More and more opportunities are coming up. There's a guy that works with us. I know he's a believer. He's a young believer. Um, and there was some kidding around going on on the job site. But I was up on a ladder. Spent the last three weeks up where the birds fly. And um, and uh, as he passed, he was he was cutting stuff for me. And so as he passed by. I just said, man, I just want to encourage you. You're a son of God. That's more man than you need. I mean, that's you are a man's man. You are a son of God. And he just said, well, I really needed to hear that today. So my encouragement to you is that, one, again, a foundational block for me was just accepting the fact that I'm not independent. And I'm serving somebody. We've been talking about this recently. You're agreeing with something all the time. You're agreeing with something all the time, either unbelief or belief. You know, we're serving someone. Now, we, we, we've given ourselves to the Lord in, in relationship, but then we have a lot of encouragement in Scripture that says, so therefore, since this is done, set your mind on things above. And that's that repentance, that turning from and turning to. So a word that kind of came to me that I felt like as I saw these three words, election, justification, sanctification, and glorification, is that consecration is kind of, I think, fits right in that middle of justification and sanctification. And consecration is setting apart. And... Um, you know, back in the day, that was the um, circumcision was a sign of setting apart a people called Israel. And um, the word consecrate is to make or declare sacred, to set apart or dedicate to the service of a deity. To devote or dedicate to some purpose. And I just felt like that's a part of, of the missing, it can be a part that's missing, is that we turn away, you know, we say, I'm not, I repent with an understanding that means I'm not going to do that bad stuff and I turn, I'm not going to be the, that. But the consecration is the turning to. It's that piece that keeps and finishes out the word of repentance that says, I'm changing allegiance from this king to this king. And in doing that, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to set my mind on things that are above. The practical working out is why I try to give some examples because sometimes 
you know, we hear, well, set your mind on things above. It worked great in the church on Sunday. You know, it makes a lot of sense then. And then Tuesday at the stoplight when you're going, you know, it's like, so how does that relate? And so I really think that um, as we begin to see ourselves not as independent, but as His, and as one that has given ourselves to Him, that we're going to begin seeing more and more of the things that we want to see in terms of um, seeing the supernatural in our everyday because we're, we're there. We're, we're walking in where we already are. And again, there's nothing we do to make that happen except we set our mind and we agree with, uh, we agree with that which He's done. When I was talking, a friend of mine called me late last night, and uh, and we were just talking, and I said, well, what I think is many of us set a part of ourselves as opposed to being set apart. We set a part of ourselves for the Lord, and so we're like, you know, did Sunday... I've set that part of myself. I'm, con- you know, I'm, I'm conscious of of His love and His, but, and as opposed to setting ourselves apart, that we are not our own. I belong to Jesus. With His own blood, He purchased me. There yet remains a mystery. I'm not my own, and yet I'm free. And I believe that that's where we'll, for me especially begin to see more and more freedom in my life of things that don't that I that, that that don't necessarily line up with with what I know to be the truth of who I am. But as I continue to seek him and I and I acknowledge and recognize, man, I'm set apart. I'm different. And it's so fun when you read the word, it's just full of that. But I guess because of the the Western gospel that we've heard, we just have kind of been like, hey, if you're saved and you act pretty good, you know, Joe, good citizen, it's all good. And really, he says, man, set your mind on those things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and where we now are a part of. And then we'll begin, for me, I'm starting to see things that are exciting, like bending over and just that coming out saying, man, this is for your kingdom, Lord. Whatever I do, it's for your kingdom and for your purposes. You know, if you find yourself in the hospital, if you find yourself with a coworker that's just giving a hard time, you know, we're not sort of in and out of this thing. We are His We've set ourselves apart. We're consecrated. And as we continue to build in relationship, I find that that weaving is getting finer and finer and that there's less and less of a, well, I really had to stop everything and just go to prayer. That's awesome. But what's even more awesome is right in the middle of it, you just find that flowing. And you realize, wow, there's a work that's been done in me that was by grace but I'm able to begin participating in it more and more because my eyes are set 
on my beloved. My eyes are set on the Lord. And so as I walk through those opportunities through the day, I'm more and more I'm seeing Him just express Himself uh, through me. And less and less are things as they, as they come uh, provoking reactions that I go, what was that? But as my more and more as I, my love for the Lord increases in, and my expression to Him increases, um, we see that happening. You know, we sing a song, um, I Surrender All. I Surrender All. All to Him I freely give. In His presence daily live. I mean, there's some amazing hymns. And and again, the challenge can be, oh, that was just that was a great old hymn, you know. But the words, the impact of those words are amazing, and for us to sing that to Him, I think is awesome. The song that last song we were singing was. I was going to write the words down so I could remember that last phrase, but it was just they're very powerful. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at Your feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. Um, why don't we all stand? And let's just uh, let's just come before the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, I I, I think everybody here is. A believer, but if you don't, this is a great time to just say, Lord, I receive your grace and I believe and agree with the work that you did on the cross for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and I thank you that you make me your son, Jesus, the Son of God. And then for us, let's just uh, take a minute. And um, I don't know what clarity there was in what I shared, but kind of the net of it is, you know, the Lord wants relationship with each of us. And He doesn't want it to be, you know, sometimes slaves has such a negative connotation. And, and to a certain extent, the neg- a lot of the negativity in it is because we realize we're not independent which is just a hard thing to swallow. But a, but a slave of the Father of lights who then calls a son, that's awesome. And so I just want to encourage us, just take a minute and just get before Him and, and tell Him of our love. And then just say, Lord, well, Lord, we do just come to You and we tell You that we love You. Lord, that You would live in us is such an amazing thing and that then we live in You and then You say that we're together in the Father, that we're one. Lord, I thank You that as we choose You and become children of light, that we become new creations. Old things have passed away. All things are new. Thank You that You're in us both to will and to do of Your good pleasure. 
Lord, we just come to you and tell you that we love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You're beautiful, Lord. Lord, I just say I surrender myself to you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you live in me and I thank you that you're at work in me both to will and to do of the Father's good pleasure. Thank you that my mind is being renewed. Thank you that I can have relationship with you, that I live as your temple that You reside in me, that Your presence is with me all the time. Thank You, Lord, that we have the opportunity to be Your light here on the earth and, Lord, to usher in Your kingdom and to be a part of that purpose. We ask, Lord, that as we go out from today, that in a new way during this week, we'll experience that as we turn to You and set our mind on You, Lord, that process of our mind being renewed, that we will... I just pray that each person here is going to have an experience this week where they see that what comes out of them is You when they least expected it because their mind has been stayed on You. Lord, for opportunities to share Your life and Your light with others and just opportunities to... Bring You glory in situations that we come into. That You would be made known on the earth, Lord. I surrender all. I surrender all. surrender 
just ask Holy Spirit that as we're in your word this week, that you'll just make alive and just highlight, be a highlighter on the scriptures that just encourage us in the work that's already been done and are setting our mind on that, are presenting ourselves to you, are moving towards you in relationship and your huge desire for us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer, have anything they want prayer about, feel free to come up to the front and we'll be happy to pray with you.